0: Gonna buy you a mocking bird, and if that mocking bird won't sing, Mamma's gonna buy you a diamond ring. Welcome to Freddy the Fix, our host. Presents. Dragoon for short story by H. P. Lovecraft. I am writing this under an appreciation of mental state. Since my by tonight, I shall no be no more, penniless at the end of my supply of the drug, which alone makes my life endurable. I can bear the torture no longer. I shall cast myself in its gambit window into the squalid street below. Do not think from my slavery to morphine that I am a weakling or a gener- generate What have you what when you have read these hasty school pages, you may guess though never fully realize why it is that I must have forgiveness or death. It is in one of the most open and least frequented parts of the broad Pacific, with a pocket of which I so I was supercargo, felt a victim of the German sea raider. The great war was then at its very beginning. The ocean forces of the Hun had not completely sunk to their latter degradation, so that our vessel was made legitimate prize. Whilst we were well, we of her crew were treated with all fairness and consideration due to us as naval prisoners. So liberal indeed was a discipline of our captors, and five days after we were taken, I managed to escape alone in a small boat with water and provisions for a good length of time. When I finally brought myself adrift and free, I had no little idea of my surroundings, never complemented. Navigator, I could only guess vaguely by the sun and stars, I was somewhat south of the equator. Of longitude, I knew nothing, and no island or coast line was in sight. However, kept fair for uncounted days. I drifted aimlessly beneath the scorching sun, waiting whether either for, for some passing ship or to be cast on the shores of some admirable land. But neither ship nor land appeared i began to despair on my solitude under heaving vastness of unbroken broken hue blue I happened, the change happened whilst i slept in details i shall never know for my slumber though troubled and dream infested was continuous when at last i w- wait! it was discovered myself half sucked into a slimy expanse of hellish black mire which extended about me a montonious undulations as far as I could see, in which my boat lay grounded some distance away. For though one night may you imagine that my sensation be a wonder so prodigious and unexpected in transformation or scenery, I was in reality more horrified than astonished, for there in a lyre and in the rotting soil, a sinister quality which chilled me to the very core. The region was putrid, with carcasses of decaying fish, and other less describable for things I saw protruding from the nasty mud of, un- of the unnamed plain. Perhaps I should not hope to convey in where it was the unutterable hideousness, hideousness of what can dwell in absolute silence and barren immense totality. There was nothing within hearing and nothing in sight save a vast range of black slime, yet the very completeness of the stillness and homography of the landscape oppressed me with a no fear. The sun was blazing down from the sky, which seemed to me Almost black and its coldness cruelty, as though reflecting the inky mast beneath my feet. As I called in a strange boat, I realized that only one theory could explain my position. Though some preceded volcanic upheaval, a proportional ocean floor must have been thrown to the surface, exposing regions which are oh, unnumbered oh, millions of years had laid hidden under unfathomable brought depths. So great was the extent of the new land which had risen beneath me, I could not detect the faintest noise of the surging ocean, straining my ears as I might, nor were there any sea-fowl to prey upon the dead things. For several hours I, le- I sat thinking or brooding in a boat which lay upon its side, a fallable, a slight shade, as the sun moved across the heavens, as the day progressed, as the ground lost some of its sickness, and seemed likely to dry significantly so for travelling purposes in a short time. That night I slept but little. The only and the next day I made for myself a pack containing food and water, preparatory pur- to an overlay that journey, in search of the vanished sea and possible rescue. On the third morning I found the soil dry enough to walk upon with ease, the odour fish was maddening, but I was too much concerned for graver things to mind such sight and evil, I set out boldly for an unknown goal. All day I falled steadily westward, guided by a far away hammock, which rose higher than any other evolution of the rolling desert. That night I encamped, and on the following day it travelled towards the hammock. Though the object seemed scarcely nearer, then when I looked first it it spied it. By the fourth evening I attained the base of the mould mound, which turned out to be much higher than it appeared from a distance. On the intervening valley, setting it out in sharper relief from the general surface, too weary to ascend. I slept in the shadow of the hill. I know not why my dreams were so wild at night, but they were. The waning and fantastical, gluginous moon had risen far above the eastern plain. I was awake in a cold pers- perspiration, determined to sleep no more. Such visions as I had experienced were too much for me to endure again. In the glow of the moon I saw how unwise I had been to trouble by day. Without the glare of the parching sun, my journey would have cost me less energy. Indeed, I now quote, felt quite able to form the ascent, which had deterred me at sunset. Picking up my pack, I started for the quest of the eminence. I had said that the unbroken monotony of the rolling plain was a source of vague horror to me, but I think that my horror was greater when I gained the summit of the mound, I looked down the other side into an unmeasurable pit or canyon whose black recesses the moon had not yet shone high enough to illuminate. I felt myself on the edge of the world peering over the rim into the famulous chaos of the eternal night. Though my terror ran curious reminiscence of Paradise loss, of Satan's hideous climb for the unfashioned realms of darkness, as the moon climbed higher in the sky, I began to see that the slopes of the village were not valley slopes the valley were not quite so particularly. As I imagined, ledges and outcroppings of rock afforded fairly foot easy footholds for descent, whilst un, after a drop of a few hundred feet, the decavity became very gradual, urged by an impulse which I cannot Definitely analyzed, I scrambled with difficulty down the rocks and stood on the gentler slope beneath, gazing into the sultry depths, where no light had yet penetrated. At once, my attention was captured by a vast and single object on the opposite slope, which rose steeply, about a hundred yards ahead of me. I noticed it gleam whitely in the newly bestowed rays of the ascending moon. That it was merely a gigantic piece of stone. I soon assured myself, but I was conscious of a distinct impression. its contour and position were not altogether the work of nature. A closer scrutiny filled me with sensations I cannot express, despite its enormous magnitude. Position in the abyss, which had yawned at the bottom of the sea since the world was young, I received beyond a doubt the same object was a well-shaped monolith with, with, whose massive bulk had, not, had known the workmanship, and perhaps the worship of living and thinking creatures. Dazed and frightened, yet not without a certain feel of the scientist or the archaeologist's delight, I examined my surroundings more closely, the moon now near the zenith. Shone wildly and vividly above the towering steeps and hemmed in the chasm, chres- and viewed the fact that a far flung body of water flowed at the bottom, winding out of sight in both directions, and almost lapping my feet as I stood on the slope across the chasm. The wavelets watched the base of the cyclopridan Manoloff, on whose surface I could. Now traced both inscriptions and crude sculptures. Writing was in a system of uh, hieroglyphics unknown to me, unlike anything I'd ever seen in books, consisting of most parts of unconventionalized aquatic symbols, such as fishes, eels, occubi, crustaceans, molluscs, whales, and the like. Several characters obviously represented marine things which were unknown to the modern world but those disclosing forms I observed on the ocean-ridden plain. Ridden plain. Here is the picture called carving, however, they did the most to hold me spellbound, plainly visible <laughs> across <laughs> the intervening water, an account of the enormous size with a ray of base reliefs whose subjects would have excited the envy of Dory. I think that these things were supposed to depict men at least a certain sort of man, though the creatures were soon disposed of, floating, like fishes in waters of some marine ghetto, or paying homage at some monolithic shrine, appear to be under the waves as well. Of their faces and the forms, I dare not speak in detail. A mere resemblance makes me grow faint, grotesque beyond the imagination of Poe or Balne they are dimly human in general outline, despite webbed hands and feet, chuckling wide and flabby f- lips, g- glass, g- glassy, bulging eyes, and other features less pleasant to recall. Curiously enough, they seem to have been chiseled bad- badly out of proportion with their scenic background. For one, the creatures were sown in the act of killing a whale, representing a, a bit but a large, little larger than myself himself. I am marked, as I say, their grotesqueness for strange size. Then the moment decided that by them they were merely the imaginary gods of some primitive fishing or seafaring tribe, some tribe whose last descendant had perished er- eras before the first ancestor of Pittsdown, or the Nebidal old man, was both Awe struck at this unexpected glimpse into paths beyond the conception of the most daring alcoholic I stood unmusing while the moon cast queer reflections on the silent channel before me. Then suddenly I saw it from only a slight turning to mark the rise of it to the ocean's surface. The thing slid into the view beyond the dark wo- waters. Vast polymiumeus poly- m- 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 alike and lo- s- loomsome. It darted like a stupendous monster of nightmare to the monolith which it flung its gigantic, scaly arms. And oh, while it bowed its hideous head and gave vent to certain measure of sounds, I think I went mad then. On my frantic ascent of the slope and cliff and my delirious journey back to the stranded boat, I remember little. I believe I sang a great deal and laughed oddly. When I was unable to sing, I am distinct with collections of a great storm. Some time after, I reached a boat. At any rate, I know that I heard pearls of thunder and other tones which nature utters under its wildest moods. When I came out of the shadows, I was in San Francisco Hospital, bought tipper by the captain of the American ship I had picked me, picked up my boat in mid-ocean. In my delirium I had said much, but I found that my words had given scant scant attention on my uh, any land out of evil in Pacific. My rescuers knew nothing, nor did I deem it necessary to insist upon a thing. I knew they could not believe. Once I sought out a celebrated anthropologist, amused him, Particular questions regarding the ancient Philistine legend of dragon, a fish god, but s- soon perceiving that he was hopelessly convention- conventional, I did not press my inquiries. It is at a night, especially when the moon is glibious and waning, I did see the thing. I tried morphine, but the drug was gu- given only transcendent. S- s- Greece, and draw me into its clutches as a hopeless slave. So now I am to end it all, having written a full count of the information or contemporaneous amusement of my fellow man. Often I asked myself if I could not have been a pure of a moral freak or fever, or as I lay sun stricken or raving in the open boat, after my escape from the German man of war. This I asked myself, but well, Whatever does there come before me is the vivid vision in my ply. I cannot think of the deep sea without shuddering at the nameless things that may at this very moment be calling and floundering in its slimy bed, worshipping their worshipped stones to idols and carving their undisturbed likeness on submarine objects of water soaked granite. I dream of a the day, they may rise above the bellows to drag out, in their reeking talons and remnants of puny, war extinguished mankind, of a day when the land shall sink and the dark ocean floor shall ascend, a mist of universal pandadonium. The end is near. I hear a noise at the door. The as of some immense slippy body lumbered against it. It shall not find me. God, the hand, the window, the window. You've been listening, listening. to Freddy's,